0: hi i'm John Lewis again. welcome to day eight in our experience of twenty five days of gratitude in our last week of uh, audio sessions on gratitude, we talked about what just what is gratitude We looked at some examples like it's remembering instead of forgetting it's giving glory like movie credits you know at, at the end uh, to God for what he's done it thankfulness is like a spice that permeates all that we do and we said it's also, the gateway to everything else in the Christian life. G.K. Chesterton said, I would maintain that thanks is the highest form of thought and that gratitude is happiness doubled by wonder. Cicero, the Roman statesman, said, Gratitude is not only the greatest of virtues, but it's the parent of all others. And lastly, on week day seven, we define gratitude simply as we're acknowledging and appreciating God for what God has done. And so it's an acknowledging and appreciating. Well, today we're kicking off a second full week of uh, on gratitude, and we're going to look at, in these next seven days, the, the object of our gratitude, the focus of our gratitude. And so what does Scripture tell us, or inspire us, or even command us to be thankful for? And uh, we're going to start with, number one, to be grateful for God's big rescue uh, action, His rescue story in our lives. You know, some of you who know me know that I'm a part of uh, an organization, nonprofit called Kingdom Story, and and one of the greatest joys I have is just watching people uh, find their place in the larger story of God. And when they realize that the Bible is so much more than just rules or principles, but it's actually a great, coherent. Uh, a beautiful rescue uh, story, that where God is making us to be His people, His bride. Well, it, it just it's just life changing, and I just absolutely love that it's part of my calling. So, the first of the two big rescue stories in the Bible that God asks us to remember: the first is the story of the Exodus. You remember that Moses, forty years, um, uh, you know, out in the in the desert, he comes back, and God uses him with the plagues with Egypt. Uh, then the death of the firstborn the parting of the sea and all these events constitute together this great um, rescue story from their bondage in egypt and so 40 years after the exodus it's moses who gives the command in deuteronomy 15 15 remember remember that you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you. Remember that rescue story. And so really for the last 4,000 years, uh, faithful Hebrews around the world have obeyed that command and every year, just like Christians celebrate uh, Christmas or Good Friday every year, they celebrate the Passover as families, as households, as part of a larger community. They remember the events of the Exodus and they experience it around a symbolic meal. They eat, for example, bitter herbs to remember the bitter slavery before they were rescued. They eat lamb to remember the blood of the, the lamb that was shed you know, to help rescue them. They, broke unleavened, they break unleavened bread uh, to remember their, that they had to quickly depart from Egypt in order to be part of God's uh, rescue from their bondage and again this this larger salvation story was something they remembered way more than just once a year of Passover. In fact, it was woven in baked into part of their. Their worship. If you go to the Book of Psalms, there's a number of them that recount the story of God being faithful to uh, to the to the Hebrews, and always is highlighted the Exodus story. Psalm 105 is a great example. Give thanks. It starts off with "Give thanks for what God has done, make known His deeds, tell of all His wonders, sing to Him," and then it goes right in. You know, after it highlights some things about the Genesis story, to to talk about how God. Uh, dramatically rescued the Hebrews from the bondage of Israel and this is not a short song by the way this isn't two verses and a chorus with maybe a bridge there's like like 40 stanzas of uh, Hebrew parallel stanzas of recounting all the things that God had done in, the, in their history including the Exodus and then going beyond that and so for those of us who are followers of Jesus we note that that this fact that this story of Exodus is still important, but it ends up being a warm-up, a, um, a foundation for even um, a rescue story that goes even beyond what God did for the Hebrews. You know, Peter, uh, in the First Peter 1, uh, is, exhorts believers in Christ to remember by inviting them to praise, to praise the Father for something specific. He praise the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, in his mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. And how did that come about for us? Through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. The death and the resurrection of Jesus are at the climax of that rescue story. And this is something that like, you know, the Hebrews that are faithful to their God that we don't just do once a year at Easter. Um, uh, This is something that we do really every Sunday, every Sunday morning, that uh, again, some people do Sunday night services and Saturday night, but you get the historic tradition of a Sunday morning service for church is in some ways a weekly commemoration. I'm remembering that that was the day that Jesus rose from the dead and everything changed in the world when he did that. A huge salvation door, a possibility of rescue for everybody. And so on Sunday when we sing, you know, the songs that we sing at their best, the lyrics point us at their core to remember the uh, the activity the rescuing salvation of god in our life and particularly his life death and resurrection so one of the ways we do we participate that in in even a more tangible way is through the lord's supper Um, and um, and some people call it communion depending on your tradition some call it the eucharist which is the greek word that means thanksgiving so communion at its heart is an expression of remembering and being thankful for the salvation action of god through Christ, his son on the cross. And so in that way, it's fulfilling the Passover meal. It was done on the very first Eucharist for Jesus was done on the night of the Passover. In some ways, it's fulfilling that Hebrew Exodus story by saying, this is the new lamb. Let's remember that this is the final full salvation that God intends from his people to deliver us from bondage. And so when we do, when we gather, you know, for communion in this sacrament, its heart uh, is that we would remember and be grateful. And so every time we eat the bread and drink the cup, we remember, we're reminded that we're part today of this larger rescue story that started way back, includes us, and now invites others. Number two, it, 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 the, 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 the sacrament of communion remind, helps us remember that Jesus, uh, not only did he come, uh, once, but he still is coming in his flesh, in the in the in the in the bones and the blood of my own body and my neighbors. That we are now uh, the body of Christ, and God is in you know is present among us through the gift of our humanity uh, and relationships with each other. Thirdly, in the Communion and uh, the Eucharist, we remember that his body was broken and it was spilled on the cross to rescue us. There was a purpose. From the bondage of sin. We remember that he rose from the dead when we break the bed and break the bread and drink the cup, that he overcame not just the Egyptian armies, but the the, the hosts of evil and even the power of death itself that would seek to destroy us. And we remember in communion that we've been invited where it's an invitation, a constant invitation to come to the table, to come to the presence of Christ, to eat and drink and to let the realities of Christ become part of our physical, spiritual, emotional bodies. And that filled with his life, we can offer our lives to Christ and allow him to break us and to give us away like the bread is given away to give us away to the hungry of the world. And lastly, the altar, you know, on which we often uh, take the bread and the cup, this reminds us that Jesus will one day uh, restore the world. He'll make everything right. And when he does, there will be a table, right, that all will join like the wedding feast of the Lamb. And so the altar reminds us to to remember our hope in the final day uh, of that wedding banquet. So let's pray together as we consider what we've shared today. Uh, Lord, we, at this moment, return uh, to obey that simple command to remember what you have done, that you have saved us. And thank you for the story of your life, your death, your resurrection, and now your ascension that allows you to hear our prayers and fill us with your spirit. And so, Lord, we do, in the spirit of taking communion, even in this prayer, we remember, we receive the gift of your spirit into our bodies and we just say thank you again for your everything that you've done this rescue of us that it is a story of such great love and compassion and power it's a rescue story like no other and it tells us that you're like a god you are a god like no other your love your compassion your commitment your promises are holy and like no other and for this your salvation your story among us We thank you. Thank you for weaving us into that story and using us to bring this good news to others. Amen.